Hi everyone, you're listening to episode number 27 of the Elysium Project podcast, Shadow Work with Stephanie Hunter. I'm your host, Brian Johnson. If you enjoy listening to the Elysium Project podcast, the number one thing you can do to help this movement grow is share our content on social media. It's free to do so. We're also on Patreon and can be found by heading to www.elysiumproject.tv and clicking the big Patreon button at the bottom of the page. For only $3 per month, you can help support this project and we will mail out a personalized gratitude package right to your doorstep. Today, I'm joined by Stephanie Hunter. Stephanie is a shadow work facilitator and transformational mentor who shares her knowledge online at DaoOfSelf.com. The concept of shadow work has been coming up in my life a lot recently, so I wanted to invite Stephanie on the show to share her wisdom on this subject matter. We had a great conversation, so I hope you enjoy. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Absolutely. So I found you on uh, Instagram on your Tao of Self uh, Instagram account. And I was drawn to the shadow work that you were promoting and talking about. It's a concept that, that I've heard a lot about lately and is somewhat new to me. So I wanted to invite you on our show here on the Elysium Project podcast to share with our listeners about your journey with shadow work and why you've gotten involved in, in this side of, of healing. Mm-hmm. Great. So... I guess my journey began as a kid making connections with people and all the challenges that come with relationship. Mm. I started my career in frontline social work and did that for a long time. Um, So the helping externally, um, helping people who maybe need help, um, wanting help and needing help are not the same thing, right? (laughs) And it's a pretty fluid concept. So about five years ago, I had a horrible blow up of my relationship and came to shadow work and a thing called conscious relationship training, uh, which is founded by one of my teachers, Phil Tirtha Misselberger. And it's the first time that I experienced not handholding and gentleness as a method for getting to what's inside. And it resonated with me really deeply. I realized that Um, his very direct no bullshit approach felt really good I felt like I could trust that and um, explore parts of myself more deeply that maybe I didn't want to look at that didn't feel great to look at and it's a very doing sort of shadow work that I'm talking about so shadow work um, broadly speaking is this idea of exploring your subconscious Uh, parts of yourself that you've hidden or repressed or learned that they're not safe to explore uh, or you're just afraid which is also perfectly valid so developing the courage to face that and participating in experiential activities so you can learn and read and journal and go to therapy and talk about it and think about it forever and it's in the doing that the magic happens so the shadow work I'm interested in and that I want to be disseminating the world is the the doing of it and discovering what arises within you in relationship to your own experiences in relationship to your assumptions about the world and to other people. Mm-hmm. I find it's interesting with what you say there. I find so often as 
as people, we take the path of least resistance, and that is very often avoiding these, these things that are inside of us. And as you said, it's very often, if not always, that these sorts of shadows come up when we're in a relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or any sort of relationship with, with other people. What are, so what are some of the, you say it's, it's not so much about talking, but, but doing, can you, can you elaborate on that? Mm -hmm. So say you're harboring a fear about something that maybe you're not ready to face, but you're thinking about it. Um, reflecting on what fears you might have is a very different experience than admitting out loud, especially to another human, what those fears are. Um, I can't remember specific examples off the top of my head, but I, I know I felt the feeling of debilitating fears where there was something I thought or believed or experienced about myself. And if I shared it, it would mean that, you know, I was going to be thrown to the wolves, kicked out of the tribe kind of thing. Things mm -hmm. I hadn't, they were subconscious, you know, I wasn't consciously aware that these were the feelings I had, but when a process comes up where it's like, okay, what are you afraid of? Saying those things out loud can be a huge relief. It can, you can discover that you actually don't believe that thing at all. Like there's, there's fears I've faced that just have made me giggle when they came to pass, you know, and, and what a huge relief that is. And to be able to explore with that honest curiosity, like, wow, I've had this experience where I thought admitting a fear or facing it was going to actually kill me. And instead it made me giggle like, <laughs> wow, there's so many other options here than I was aware of. Mm -hmm. Our fears can really hold us back. There's that, the acronym fear stands for false evidence appearing real. And yeah, I totally can relate to that. I myself have, have had a rocky past and there's a lot of things that I for a long time didn't feel comfortable talking to people about or sharing and thought maybe these were things that I would take to the grave with me. But um, I know for myself, when I confronted that and started talking about that, that it takes that power away to some extent. Yeah, better out than in. Mm-hmm. So what would some of the uh, strategies and exercises that you're doing to approach these and confront these shadows? Mm. There are many. So I do one-on-one -on -one and group work. Um, and there's sort of different variations and it'll depend on the type of person. Uh, there's no, you know, by rote list of instructions right. for how to operate best. Um, and there are degrees of intensity. So conscious relationship training is a 12 or 16 week, depending on the, on the iteration training uh, once a week. And that's very, I would call it confrontational therapy. So that a container of like 50 people where we're all agreeing that we're going to explore and express and that's going to look ugly and weird and be uncomfortable. And we're all afraid and being courageous about it to the extent that we're able. Um, so confrontational therapies could look like a lot, even uh, clearing projections. So one of the basic ideas about shadow work and this approach to subconscious work is that everything we're experiencing 
is our own set of assumptions based on data we've collected over the course of our lives, what we've been taught. Some people call this programming or conditioning. It's just our way of viewing the world, which is based on our past experiences and future assumptions that we're making. So clearing those projections out is an amazing activity. We look at another person who we don't know, and we immediately have 50 different ideas about mm -hmm. them, which have nothing to do with us. Um, and it's such a relief to hear these things come from someone and to know that they're still there for the rest of the conversation. So like I've been told in, in projection um, festivals, I'm going to call them, which are really fun, <laughs> that uh, I am like an old school principal, like I've let myself go. Someone was convinced that I'm a trans man and all of these <laughs> things that come up that are like intense thoughts that you wouldn't typically deliver to somebody are such a bonding experience, you know, to be able to say to somebody, here are all the horrible or insane thoughts I have about you. And then the next round of questions is here are all the things I like about you. And here are all the things I can identify with that I see in you that I also see in myself. It's layers of interaction that are very unusual in society. And uh, it exposes things that we all think and feel, and it's very connecting. Yeah, absolutely. I have a friend who he did one of those 10 day silent meditation retreats and talked about how, you know, during that time you're sitting with all these people and you're getting intimately connected with them, but you're not talking to them. You know, essentially nothing about them and just the judgments that you're creating oh, like this person must be this and this person must be that. And then at the end of the, the 10 days, when you share with each other and talk about each other, realizing that that's your story is completely, maybe completely different from what that person may be like, or the reality. And so much of our, we, we do create our own reality. So when these projections and subconscious uh, beliefs that we hold about the world or people around us, I think for most of us, I'm speaking broadly speaking about society in general, we are very unconscious to these beliefs that are internal programming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And they keep us separate from each other, right? And I think the point right. of existence is connection. So clearing all of that stuff out so that we can recognize that we have common feelings and we can all understand that about each other. Our stories keep us separate, right? They're designed to protect us from emotional pain and turmoil. And we have to break through that if we want to connect deeply. Mm -hmm. Very much so. These resentments that we hold inside, projecting hate or, or anger onto someone else, it doesn't, <laughs> most of the time, it doesn't, unless you're overtly doing something to that person, it doesn't affect them, but it's, it's affecting us and eating us up. That can be very challenging to confront that mm -hmm. well for sure and, and not even just the negative stuff but it's just as challenging to connect with love right to feel open and welcome that's equally terrifying like to be in a space where your feelings and your thoughts are all welcome that's very difficult to trust and it's difficult to connect with because you know that there's always ending to good feelings and good feelings bring up scary feelings and there's mm -hmm. just infinite layers of how we fear connection and how that manifests mm -hmm. where did this the concept of shadow work originate was there 
a specific group or psychologist or yeah uh so Jungian shadow work is okay. the, the style my teacher phil i mentioned tirtha misselberger uh developed conscious relationship training which draws a lot from Jungian shadow work and then he's done a lot of work studying osho and gurdjieff and he hmm. compiled his diverse learnings into this method of training um which is what i resonate with most because it's very authentic and direct i appreciate directness quite a lot mm -hmm. and how long have you been doing this with the clients i think actually did you say five years now or i've been doing intense um experiential shadow work for five years and i've been working with people uh for about three okay I'm just wondering if you can share more about sort of specific techniques that we could all maybe use to dive into some of these subconscious beliefs that are holding us back or just something that our listeners can take away from this to maybe approach in their everyday life, how we can unearth some of these shadows a little bit easier. For sure. Well, easy is not a word I <laughs> yeah. use. So the first thing is willingness and curiosity. Um, if you're deeply entrenched in being the way you are, there's not going to be much room for you to explore other ways that you might be, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is to be genuinely willing and exploring your mind, getting curious about your mind. So uh, my two approaches to this sort of raising of consciousness are meditation and shadow work, which kind of leads you, uh, follows from the meditation. So meditation, uh, I don't mean guided therapeutic meditations, I mean quiet sitting with yourself and noticing what comes up in your mind. Um, by doing this, you start to notice that thoughts crop up and they, they're unrelated to anything. They feel like maybe they're not even yours. You feel like you're sort of part of a large cloth of thoughts that exists everywhere and you're entangled in it and things are just popping into your mind and then you're letting them go. So this starts creating some space in your mind to notice what's coming through, to notice what feels like yours and what doesn't. That then is a great place to notice uh, which thoughts feel good and which feel bad. So that's typically the first place I go with clients is just to pause and notice at every turn over the course of a day or a week what feels good and what feels bad. This just brings consciousness to generally how you're feeling, which is a huge area that we ignore. The, the feeling body, uh, this huge notification system we've got, which is our body, our sensations, our emotions, they point us to important things. And for various shadowy reasons, we've suppressed those or ignored them. So just the initial noticing what comes up in your mind and in your body is the first step of shadow work for sure. Then you get into where did this come from? How, do, how does it manifest? How are my behaviors impacted? So if I had two tips for your listeners, it would be start with a five minute quiet mind noticing Vipassana meditation in the morning. Do that for a week and see what happens. Do anything differently than you normally do at the same time every day for one week and see what happens. Things will change. So the Vipassana meditation and then noticing sensations in your body and identifying which feel good and which feel bad. 
Mm -hmm. And it's funny with meditation, it's very often can be not necessarily pleasant. Some of these thoughts that come up, which is, I assume the basis of shadow work is a lot of, as, as I said there at the beginning, can you give us some easy tips? And like you said, it's not, it's not always easy doing this work. Um, and I often think when I'm sitting there on the cushion, just allowing it to rain and come down on me. And sometimes it's, it's not pleasant to, uh, to confront these thoughts and ingrained behaviors. Mm -hmm. So getting comfortable with discomfort is Mm. a very important tool. Um, I think there's a misconception that as we become enlightened, which I say with a grain of salt, um, that we, you know, stop having hard feelings or things just become easier. You're growing your relationship with discomfort. You're growing courage to face things. Mm -hmm. Um, So still there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of discomfort. And there's also faith and tools, you know, practical self-regulation tools um, to tackle this stuff. I think uh, a reality is that we're very disconnected from our feelings. And as we start tapping back into our feelings, they feel very physically overwhelming. We have fears that our feelings might kill us, you know, Um, admitting those fears, riding the wave of discomfort and Mm -hmm. realizing that there's good feelings on the other side of it. And that everything is a cycle, um, can't have good without the bad. So it's growing a muscle. It's growing the discomfort muscle. 100%. And uh, what you say there about us feeling, being disconnected to our feelings is so true. There's so much, we're in such a hyper stimulation world that we live in now. And it it becomes easy for us to ignore those feelings and just constantly push them back. But at some point or another, I think in life, whether it's on the journey of life itself, or as we're on our last days, we tend to confront these demons, if you will, within us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they, they come up in relationship, right? So we can hold it together and white knuckle through life up to a point. Mm -hmm. And once you're through the honeymoon phase of your relationship and you start getting into the power struggle of trying to fit each other into the typically codependent story, the script that we've got, the ideas that we have about what family should look like, what comfort should look like, what safety should look like. If we're not getting that from our partner, we're trying to not literally beat them into submission and fit them into our story. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to do the same thing. Um, so we can't avoid the feelings at a certain point, they come out and no matter how balanced and calm we think we are, it's in those peak passionate energy moments that we're going to lash out with our intense emotions. So practicing that outside of relationship, getting right with ourselves, uh, within ourselves, that's going to have a wonderful rolling impact across all our relationships. Yeah. Practice is such a a key word there in this idea of a spiritual practice in that it is something that we need to keep on top of. We can't just, you know, when I was early on in my spiritual journey and you mentioned the word enlightenment there with with a grain of salt. And it's funny because I think a lot of us on this journey think that one day we're going to wake up and be enlightened and just everything is going to be perfect. And it's not that way. You 
need to constantly stay on top of your mindfulness, whether it's through meditation or, or other practices. Otherwise that, that I come from um, sort of a background of Zen Buddhism and they often use the sort of idea. I have this poster over here on my wall that I'm looking at of uh, the bull and you're trying to tame the bull through meditation. Your mind is, is the bull that's always running around and we do need to practice some form of spirituality or mindfulness to remain in that state of quote unquote enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. The magic is in the doing, right. And, and this is why I say too. So I guess another tip for listeners is this idea of setting a new small bite-sized task that you do every day at the same time for one week and just see what changes. Just the act of making a commitment and doing something causes some unfolding around you uh, in right. the universe, in your relationships. So definitely doing and practicing is important. Um, also, taking a break is important. Giving your nervous system a break is important. Yeah. So when we're discovering all these deep, dark, ugly, wonderful things about ourselves uh, and new ways that we want to be, I want to stress that it's okay to go back to old coping ways, to dip in and out as you start building those muscles of facing yourself more mm -hmm. directly. I think I'm certainly a pretty intense, extreme person. And I think a lot of people who are interested in shadow work are probably the same way, right? We want the deep, dark, ugly truth. <laughs> um, and we also want the big peaks and highs and everything. Yeah. Um, so balancing that and giving ourselves a break is important. Mm -hmm. The self-love. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So do you find that there a common theme among your clients that come to seek shadow work? You mentioned it's often relationships that bring people to this point where they finally have to look at these aspects of themselves that they haven't wanted to look at. Is that is that one of the more common themes, I'm guessing? Yeah. So conscious relationship training, I mean, just by the title, people hear that and they think, oh gosh, I need to become more conscious or I want my partner to become more conscious. So I'm signing us up for conscious <laughs> relationship training. I'm guilty of that one. Yeah. Um, inevitably it's a relationship has exploded and we're looking to fix ourselves and change ourselves, which I also want to stress is not the point. The point is self-discovery and accepting what's there. And from that place of awareness, we can decide consciously how we want to move through the world and how we want to operate in relationships. So it's not about changing or bettering ourselves, although there's inevitably those are going to be also some outcomes. The other aspect of this work, so there's the conscious relationship training, which is co-ed a couple times a year. And then I also run a weekly women's shadow work group. And then I do one-to-ones with everybody. Uh, so a bit of different angles there. Women seem to come together because they're feeling a lack of connection. Uh, they wanna be more connected to themselves and to each other. Um, all humans have ideas about women and groups of women and how that feels and what feels safe and what doesn't. Usually we're hearkening back to a clicky sort of high school dynamic that feels uncomfortable. Um, 
approach to society, especially in Western culture, is one of rivalry and scarcity and fighting. Right. So uh, consciously choosing connection and to break through everything within ourselves that's keeping us out of connection is more what the women's group and the one-on-one stuff is about. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally support all of the women's groups and, and bonding in that way. The more that I do this podcast and this journey and look at the world from an outsider perspective, you really realize, at least in, in my in my view, how much of a patriarchal, I don't know if I'm saying that word right, but male-dominated society that we built over thousands of years. And even just when you conjure the word God, I think to a lot of people unconsciously, they think a male image. And I'm like, well, why is that? Why is that the case? You know, females are typically the ones bringing something into the world. So that's really cool. And what are some of the ways that you're talking and bonding in those groups, as you said? Mm. Radical honesty and vulnerability are a couple of pillars of my approach. So even I remember when I started this work, you know, there was a time in my life where I smiled so much that I got a headache and went deaf. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I needed to be, you know, visibly welcoming and friendly. Uh, and it was contrived, you know, if, I, if I'm just having a nice time and my face is resting, it's certainly resting bitch face and people think I'm <laughs> angry and something's wrong, you know, and I can yeah. be having a nice time. So yeah. not worrying so much about what people's interpretations are right. of us and having that modeled. So what I've noticed over years now running these women's shadow work circles is that um, in the first few weeks, especially with new women who are getting to know each other, uh, one of my favorite things to tell them is you don't have to smile unless you want to. And they're like, what is that true? Are you sure? <laughs> um, and I've noticed that it takes about two and a half years of pretty direct modeling of vulnerability that's about ourselves, not about the other person. Uh, so radical honesty being about ourselves and expressing our own feelings, being radically honest about what's true for us, what frightens us, what we're afraid to say without a bunch of qualifications. It takes about two and a half years of modeling that for women to get really comfortable living that in their own lives. Did that kind of answer your question? It did. Yeah. And it reminds me again, kind of what I was talking about earlier with the society being patriarchal. I got to figure out how to say that word properly. <laughs> I don't think I am. But uh, and the gender roles that, that we all have, both for males and females and, and just roles in general that we are often expected to play. And if we're not actively displaying that, sometimes we can feel like we're doing something wrong. But having that radical honesty and self-acceptance, I think, is so important. Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. We have a few minutes left here. Um, I want you to, if you can, share what you're actively working on now. It's a it, we got a new year ahead of us. 2020 was a bit of a rough year for many of us. Um, so, what are your focuses now, and also where can our listeners 
find you online and what you're offering? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was super resistant to the online thing. I didn't <laughs> want to do this at all. I'm all about the in-person energy. I didn't understand yeah. how it would translate. And uh, thank you, COVID, for forcing me to experience new things. Um, so we've now done a couple of rounds of conscious relationship training by Zoom. Our weekly shadow work meets by Zoom. Um and so that's led me into this online space, right? That's how you found me on Instagram, which right. I was very averse to Instagram for a long time. <laughs> I prided myself on not. Yeah, I hear you. I can time. relate to. I can relate <laughs> to that sentiment for sure. Right. Yeah. And and honestly, exposing myself there didn't occur to me. I thought, well, the written message seems to be what feels best for me, and then. Uh, one of the women from my group actually said, you know, I really would like to see you delivering these on in video. Like you have a way that feels good to me and I want other people to experience it too. So I grudgingly made a little video and now it's just a thing that feels normal and natural. So, so I'm delivering a lot of shadow work and self-discovery and radical self-acceptance content on my Instagram page. So that is at dao.of.self. Uh, my website is daoofself.com. And I have just launched uh, an experiential intro to self-discovery and shadow work course. It's a mini course. It's very self-directed. And it's very uh, action oriented. So there's not a lot of theory. There's 30 days, which you don't need to do in a row, of activities that are going to bring you into yourself and expose some things that are probably going to be a surprise to you uh, and to connect you more deeply with your body and your mind. Uh, so you can find that on my website. And going to be launching some more programs as well. I work with a woman, Georgiana Lee, who's a family counselor and is wonderful. She is the yin to my yang, I would say. I'm more of sort of the fiery direct, and she is very flowy and soft. And mm. we have a really great balance together. Excellent. So we're going to combine uh, for some deeper, more in-depth and more guided uh, shadow work and self-discovery courses coming up this year probably uh but for now it's the little intro course which yeah i hope people are interested in and wanting to discover more about themselves perfect and i should note note i called it tau but it is dao pronounced dao spelled t-a-o that's a little mental block that i always get wrong there t-a-o of self but dao of self so yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Stephanie. That's all really great information. I had a great time talking to you about it. Wonderful. Me too. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the show today. Remember, if you like what you just heard, the number one thing you can do to help support this vision is share this episode online with your friends. And as always, if you want, we really appreciate any and all of you who support us on Patreon by heading to www.elysiumproject.tv. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.